Freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, one and all. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Revolution Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Today is Tuesday, September 14th, 2010, and we are going to continue our ongoing discussion and ongoing revealing of the methodologies of mind control right here tonight on What on Earth is Happening. We have a good show lined up for you tonight. We're going to talk about the financial system of control, the monetary system, one of the keystones of mind control, the cornerstones. This is one of the most powerful methods. We're going to start to get into it tonight, and we will continue to discuss the monetary system in the coming weeks. Before we get into our main topic of discussion tonight, I have a few event announcements for events that are coming up in the Philadelphia area. That's where I'm from, folks. And uh, I like to always announce uh, activist events that take place in this area to hopefully bring more people out and get more people active in this community. So um, uh, with that, I have uh, three event announcements for events that are coming up in the Philadelphia region. The first is next Monday night, September 20th, from 7 to 9 p.m., the great activist group in this area called Truth, Freedom, Prosperity is going to be hosting their monthly documentary screening and discussion night at the Ethical Society building. The Ethical Society is at 1906 South Rittenhouse Square, and uh, this starts 7 o'clock p.m. sharp. They're going to be showing this month the documentary called 10 Rules for Dealing with Police. I'll read the description of this documentary. Learn to flex your sovereignty with flexyourrights.org's latest film, 10 Rules for Dealing with Police. From the creators of the 2003 classic, Busted, The Citizen's Guide to Surviving in 
police encounters. FlexYourRights.org has released its newest achievement, 10 Rules for Dealing with Police, a 40-minute docudrama which depicts innocent people dealing with heavy-handed policing tactics used every day in the United States. This film is a powerful resource that provides proven survival strategies for dealing with racial profiling and police abuse. After watching 10 Rules for Dealing with Police, you will be more confident and better prepared to handle every kind of police situation. Learn how to deal with traffic stops, street stops, and police at your door. Know your rights and maintain your cool. Avoid common police tricks and prevent humiliating searches. So once again, 10 Rules for Dealing with Police, free documentary screening and discussion, September 20th, 7 o'clock p.m. at the Ethical Society Building, 1906 South Rittenhouse Square. For more information, please check out truthfreedomprosperity.org. Secondly, the Tesla Science Foundation, a group that I am uh, honored to uh, be a member of and to work with, just came off of our uh, yearly conference back in July, the uh, Tesla Energy Independence Celebrations, which you heard a lot about on this show. Uh, They're going to be hosting a Tesla Nights 2010 educational fundraiser to raise some money for the Tesla Foundation of Philadelphia. So this is going to be happening on Saturday evening, September 25th. Saturday, September 25th at 7 o'clock p.m. This is all ages. A $5 donation is requested at the door. It will be taking place at the Rotunda. The Rotunda is at 4014 Walnut Street, 4014 Walnut Street in Philadelphia. This will feature my presentation and lecture. I'll be speaking at this event. I have a presentation called Nikola Tesla, Free Energy and the Future of Humanity. There will also be a live Tesla coil demonstration and a musical act that is yet to be announced. The topics that will be covered in my presentation include who was Nikola Tesla and why should you care? What were his greatest accomplishments? What did he attempt to do in the service of humanity and why were his most visionary innovations never implemented? How was his name erased from the place it truly deserves in world history? Are the world-changing technologies that Tesla wished to bring forward actively being suppressed by institutionalized power structures? How different would the world we live in today be had Tesla been able to implement his plan for a new energy paradigm? How can we make Tesla's dreams in the early 20th century come true in the early 21st? Please note that this will not be a technical presentation. I'm not a scientist or an electrical engineer. If you're expecting a highly technical lecture, you will be disappointed because my lecture is largely about ethical considerations and the questions that we should really be asking ourselves, like what path is humanity on as a result of our worldwide energy paradigm right now? Why do we so crucially need the technology that Tesla pioneered now at this time in human history and what kind of consciousness change will it take to make Tesla's vision come to fruition well on that um, on that uh, note I'd like to 
be the first to tell you that there may be coming to revolution broadcasting. I don't want to definitively say this. This is in the works. But I think I can preliminarily announce to you tonight that revolution broadcasting may be taking on a new show that deals with energy and specifically deals with Tesla's world vision of what he envisioned bringing to the world as far as a free energy system goes. And more details will be forthcoming in a few weeks here, but uh, In the Works is a show right here on Revolution Broadcasting. The Tesla Science Foundation is going to be a big part of that, uh, uh, and a whole show about energy in general, specifically the kind of energy paradigm we have right now, what it is doing to the earth, what we are doing to each other as a result of it, and how drastically different the world would be had we listened to a great visionary and pioneer like Nikola Tesla. So that's the second event announcement. And finally, free your mind, a a conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult. Free Your Mind, a unique two-day conference set for April 9th and 10th, 2011 in Philadelphia, featuring multiple speakers and diverse educational materials for the purpose of raising public awareness of the critically important topics of mass mind control techniques, the covert and subversive influences upon consciousness and behavior, trauma-based and ritualized abuse, and the practical mental and emotional healing methodologies available for those affected by these devices, which, sad to say, folks, is just about everyone on this planet. This is a conference that I will be co-hosting, along with many dedicated individuals in the Philadelphia area. The date, once again, Saturday, April 9th, and Sunday, April 10th, 2011. The program will be running from 10 a.m. to about 8 p.m. each day. The doors will open at 9 a.m. each day. The location is Ruba Hall, R-U-B-A, Ruba Hall. Ruba Hall is at 414 Green Street in Philadelphia, 19123. The admission price set very reasonably at only $20 per person per day. We have 10 confirmed speakers so far, and we have at least four or five more speakers in the works that we're negotiating with to get them out there at the Free Your Mind Conference. Confirmed speakers so far, Aaron McCollum, Alfred Weber, Andrew Basiago, Farah Yurdozu, Jay Parker, Larkin Rose, Laura Eisenhower, myself, Mark Passio, Michael Kelly, and Suzanne Taylor. Great speakers lined up already with some more really special speakers to be announced in the coming weeks. For more information about this unique conference, please visit the conference website at www.freeyourmindconference.com. So those are the event announcements. 
Let me now give out the call-in number for this show. The call-in number, feel free to call in at any time. No taboo topics, as always, here on What on Earth is Happening. Please be patient when you call in. I may be in the middle of a idea or a concept. I glance at the switchboard frequently while I'm talking, so if I don't see you right away, please be patient. I will get to your call. I love taking calls on the show. The call-in number, 724-444-7444. Once again, the call I, the call-in number, 724-444-7444. When you call in, you have to put in the call ID number for this show. The call ID number for what on earth is happening is 83515. Once again, the call ID number, enter it after you call the call-in number. The call ID number is 83515. So, today we're going to begin an ongoing expose of mind control methodologies. We're going to continue this, and we're going to begin the 7th, and perhaps the strongest of all the mind control techniques that are used by the hidden controllers of this world, the sorcerers, if you will, those who are wielding incredible influence over the thoughts of the people of this planet. And that is the monetary system. The monetary system is probably the most monumental and the deepest entrenched of all of the methods of manipulation employed by the occultists of the world. And we're going to see tonight a little bit about how the monetary system is a technique of the occult. Again, that word conjures different connotations in people's minds when you say the word occult. And the first word that it most commonly brings up is evil. Well, this is, there's a reason for that. that. That's a technique of mind control in and of itself. It's a technique of obfuscation to try to get people to think of a concept or, or an idea in a very specific way that you want them to think about it, yet not really understanding what that thing is. The word occult, we've talked about on this show many times, doesn't actually equate with evil. The occult could be used for evil. However, the word itself comes from the Latin it comes from the verb occultare in Latin, which simply means to hide or to conceal. All the word occult means in and of itself is hidden. And indeed it is hidden knowledge. And hidden knowledge is the path to manipulation. If certain knowledge is concealed from a group of people, the group of people that is concealing that knowledge, that is secreting it, 
that is occulting it has a tactical advantage because in their ignorance, other people become extremely susceptible to manipulation when certain knowledge is taken out of general circulation. This is something that I talked a lot with the main um, host on, here on uh, Revolution Broadcasting. Uh, he basically uh, runs the network, Bob Tuscan. Bob hosted a 9-11 Truth Marathon this past Saturday. And he had me on as a guest. I was originally going to host another guest. Uh, plans really didn't work out uh, for that. So Bob instead brought me on and hosted a, about a half an hour, 35, 40-minute segment, something like that, in which I really went into the occult aspects of what took place on 9-11-2001, this massive event that was an example of the Hegelian dialectic, which we talked about a, a couple of weeks back on this show. And I really hit people with a lot of occult information, a lot of occult knowledge in explaining the deeper elements to 9-11 that are often unseen. And they're unseen because most people are unstudied in the occult and do not recognize its symbols, even if they are displayed openly to them in the light of day, which was done in a huge, huge way on September 11, 2001. So I'll be hoping to get that up on my site, the, uh, the MP3 archive from, from that show, because it really, really hit people with a lot uh, in quick, in rapid succession. And I know it was a lot to take in, so I want to get it up there for people who may have heard it and not been able to uh, grasp all of that. With the audio, you'll be able to look at the pictures. If you look at my site now, there's a news article announcing that I was going to be on the show this past weekend. And I have some of the um, images that I talked about while I was on the air. So um, within the next few days, hopefully I will have the audio from that uh, broadcast up on the site. I'll, put, I'll attach it right onto that article um, that announced that I was going to be on, and uh, it, it will be accessible right there uh, with the images. So I just want to let people know that before I continue in with the topic for tonight. Uh, definitely check that out. It's very valuable information. This is also discussed in depth in my video presentation on my site at What on Earth is Happening. Uh, I believe it is in part three uh, of the video section, but I also recommend that people watch those in order because those videos are a tapestry of information, as is this radio show. So proceeding in order is recommended, but if you want to go forward and check out the 9-11 symbolism, feel free to do so. Um, so... We've talked about six mind control techniques so far. I am going to talk about 14 before we're through discussing what you could, in effect, call the negative side of the story. Um, 
as I've told people many times on this show, this isn't a new age broadcast. It's not affiliated with the new age movement. This is something we talked about last week when I talked about uh, controlled opposition. This show exposes the hard core truths about what's taking place in the world. I feel that only in doing so and exposing this and looking at the shadow, not only of what's taking place in the world, but our shadow selves, what, what is taking place within us that is dark, that is hidden, that can be improved upon by us. Only through delving into this material can we really become truly aware and enlightened as to what is taking place and what our role in changing that darkness into something more powerful, positive, and empowering may be. Therefore, to that end, we do look into the negative. We look into manipulation techniques. We look into mind control. These are things not many people want to face, but they are very real. They are very active. They are taking place in our world all the time. And only in becoming knowledgeable about how these methodologies work and how they are put into practice in our world, do we really empower ourselves to protect ourselves against them and to help others then to come out of the consensus trance that the majority of the human species is walking around in on a 24-hour basis. So we've already looked at six of these 14 major tactics, 14 major methods of manipulation. Please do not think that these are the only techniques of mind control that are employed. There are many others. These are 14 which I have identified and that I feel are the most widely used and are the most powerfully used methods. I think they're the most critical to understand and know about if we're really going to wake ourselves up and be a force for truth and positive change in the world. Therefore, I have decided in my presentation and on this show to specifically expose these 14 particular methodologies. So far, we have already discussed obfuscation. We have talked about worldview poisoning. We've also exposed the exploitation of subconsciously held primal fears. We talked about the divide and conquer strategy. We looked into the outcome-based indoctrination system that we laughingly call public education in this country and in the Western world. And over the last couple of weeks, we talked about the controlled oppositional paradigm or what is simply known as dialectics. I highly encourage people to go back into the podcast section on my website at whatonearthishappening.com and listen to these older shows. Go back to the beginning and listen from the beginning. You often will pick up many things that you missed perhaps or didn't hear quite uh, accurately the first time or things that just spur you on to further study. 
That's why this radio show is archived every week as a podcast and is made available on my site as well as on the TalkShoe network, which is the, uh, the podcast carrier for this show. So these six techniques have been discussed in detail, in depth, on previous shows. Topics for all the shows are labeled on my site, so you can look at the topics, and, and that will tell you what that particular show focused on. Tonight, we are going into the seventh method of manipulation. And as I said, this is one of the biggest. It is one of the strongest, if not the strongest. Now, I talk about three heavy hitters or heavy guns of manipulation. I talk about them being religion, the use of subversive symbolism or occult symbolism, and then chaos sorcery is the final the 14th of the mind manipulation techniques that I discuss in my presentation. And while those three are indeed the most subversive when it comes to human psychology, I think there is one that is even perhaps more entrenched, more controlling in our lives than any of the others, and that is the monetary system. I call this in my work the one and only religion. Now, immediately that may be deemed or heard as offensive to many individuals. But I maintain that statement as being completely true. There is only really, ultimately, one religion on this planet. And that religion is the belief in money. So few people in the world are out of this mind control technique. So few people are free of this mind manipulation technique that it is almost unimaginably small, the percentage of people in the world that actually fully know and are fully aware that money never has actually existed in nature. It does not now actually exist in nature, and it never will actually exist in point of fact reality. Now this is going to the very end first. I'm giving you the very end of the analysis of this entire fraud, of this entire tactic, of this, this entire mind manipulation technique first, before we even go into how, how this system of fraud works. I'm explaining to people first and foremost the, the, the number one tenet to understand, to take in, and to know that this is true. And, and I am not stating this as my belief. Now, here's examples. Like last week on the show, I made it very clear that I was not making blanket statements when it came to talking about the New Age movement and some of the concepts that are contained in it and some of the teachers within it. 
I made it abundantly clear that I was not making a blanket statement. I said that discernment was needed when it came to understanding the New Age movement as a controlled opposition, as a form of controlled opposition. Today, I am making a blanket statement. There is no such thing as money, folks. It does not exist in reality. It is a construct. That construct only exists in one place, and that is the mind-controlled mind. That's it. I don't care what you think of that statement. I'm not interested. I'm telling you that that is the actual truth of what money is all about. It does not exist in nature. It only exists in the mind, and it only exists in the mind of the mind controlled. If you actually believe in this notion, you are under mind control. And I understand fully what I'm saying. 100%. Don't think that I am naive when it comes to what I'm talking about here. I know that will be taken as, that's, that's absurd, that's ridiculous. Of course money exists. I know that the influence that money wields in the world over people and over their minds and over their hearts and over their actions and behavior, I'm well aware that that exists. But what I'm trying to explain is that in actual reality, there is no such thing as money. It is an accepted construct. Just know this. Understand that first and foremost. It is an accepted construct that requires your belief in it in order for it to work the way that it does. I am not naive about how money works nor about the control that it wields over people's minds. Please do not think that because I'm making the statement that it does not actually exist in nature. Okay? I'm well aware of the total control that it has over people's minds and souls. I'm so aware of this that I term this the one and only religion. It is the only unquestioned, I should say largely unquestioned, and I mean largely, hugely unquestioned belief system on the earth. More people subscribe to this religion than any other. Christianity can only dream in its wildest imaginings to have this kind of a conversion rate. Islam would kill to have this many people believe in this as strongly in Islam as strongly as they as people believe in money. It, it would kill. Okay. You can forget about the religions. They are small potatoes next to the all-encompassing belief in money. Almost the entire world's population, almost the whole human population, are adherents to this religion, are adherents to this faith. They are proselytizers of this faith. And they worship at its altar every day. Bring this notion up to somebody 
that you know isn't very aware, which is easy to do, and they're easy to find. They're everywhere, okay? Just bring up the notion, money isn't real. It doesn't actually exist in nature. Only the belief in it empowers it and gives it any power over anyone's life. And you will hear the most absurd, ridiculous statements, juvenile statements, in defense of a system that never did anything good for that individual. All it ever did during the course of their entire lives was enslave that individual. Because ultimately, that's what this religion is. It is a religion of slavery for slaves. Get as offended about that statement as you like. That is what the monetary system is. That is its end goal. Slavery is what the monetary system is seeking to accomplish. It is what those who wield the power of this system are seeking to accomplish. The international banking dynasty families of the world, the international financiers, the owners and director, directors of all of the central banks of the world, particularly the Federal Reserve System of this country, and all of the puppets that play their game, which is essentially every politician on this planet. They are finger puppets at best by the real wizards, the real occult sorcerers of the world that actually are behind the machinations of the world monetary system. These are truly the dark occultists that own this place, folks. They own this place. And they don't own it because they have any real power. They own it because of the power we as human beings have given to them through our unwavering and unchallenged belief in their illusion called money. We empower this illusion, and in doing so, we enslave ourselves. The human race will never, ever, ever be free. It will perpetually, for all eternity, as long as this planet is here, exist as a slave race. For as long as the belief in money persists. Now, I don't really care who is talking about gold as money, silver as money. You could talk about anything as money. I understand that People have to use money because right now, the way the world is, the belief in it is so unchallenged that if you didn't, you essentially could not get anybody to basically take any actions. And that's the par part of the mind control. I, I do think it is true. If money ground to a halt all at one time, we already saw the effects of this happening in the Great Depression. We already saw this. Look at what people were doing, killing each other, killing themselves. Because an imaginary construct ceased to, to be able to have any effect in their lives. And so they stopped actually doing any of the actions that they needed to do to stay alive even. 
jumping off of buildings, killing each other for, for a, a dime. And if that happened again today, you'd see the same and worse because the world is even more under mind control than perhaps it was back then. And people are even more dependent on this illusory, imaginative system that only exists in the mind as a construct. Money is backed by nothing in the modern world. Even if you believe that gold could be actual money or that silver could be actual money, I say there's actually no real backing, even if you did back it with, with gold or silver. That's all a construct, an illusion too. People who think, that, oh, we just need to get to a, uh, a, a gold-backed currency in this country again. It's the same thing, folks. It's you're imagining that this is actual value. Gold is an actual value. Are you going to eat gold? Okay, is gold going to help you build a house to shelter yourself? Is gold going to bring water from one place to another so you have water to drink? No. It's all a construct. doesn't matter what you use. You could use clamshells. You can use rocks. You could use diamonds, gold. You could use broken shards of glass. You, know, you could use straws. It doesn't make a difference. It's all just a construct. This is what I'm trying to get people to ultimately see. We don't even need these constructs for exchange if we get to a certain level of consciousness. The consciousness of scarcity and lack and having to get something in return for something else is the consciousness that powers this system. Any monetary system, no matter what you're using as the currency, it means that flow of energy stops or starts based on your belief in this construct. That's why it's called a current, you know, like electricity or water, the flow of current. It's called currency. This isn't accidental either. This is symbolic language, and that's how the occult works. Again, Jordan Maxwell has made this basic green language popular. He explains money is like current or energy, like electricity. It flows. It's, it's that which is a flowing source of energy. And when a river flows, it flows through its banks. This is called green language or alchemical language. This is how occult concepts work. It's not accidental that that language works out that way. There is a significance to it. So money is current. It is energy. That is how it is set up. Meaning that if it stops flowing, there is no motion or there is no life. I said to someone this week, Money is just an imaginary construct. It doesn't actually exist in nature. And their response was, well, you couldn't live without money. Think about that. Just think about that notion right there. You couldn't live without money. This person is under such deep mind control that they are equating life 
force energy itself with money. It's like saying you couldn't live without the unified life force energy of the cosmos. That isn't what they said, though. They said you couldn't live without money. This is placing money in the position of God. It is giving the attributes of God to a con- an imaginary construct that has been made up by man. And I understand what they meant by you can't live without money. Believe me, I get that people won't do anything for other people because they're under such hypnotic trance. I get that. Okay? I understand what they meant that if you try to completely do away with this concept and don't engage it at all, that you'll probably be living homeless on the street because that is what, how people, that is the level of care people truly have for their brother and sister in the modern world. That's the fact of the matter. That is currently true now as we speak. It doesn't have to be that way. It can change anytime we want to change our level of consciousness. It all exists in a choice. And that choice is in the present moment, the now, and it can be changed immediately if we so choose it. Now, I am currently making that choice. I understand that this is an illusion. It's a construct. It has absolutely nothing to do with reality. Yet, other people believe in it so strongly that this is their religion. They, it has usurped the place of God in most people's minds. That is what money has done. That's why I call it the one and only religion. And it, it doesn't make a difference what religion people say that they're a member of. This is their God. You watch the movie They Live. The science fiction movie, the science fiction allegory called They Live. I highly recommend it. A caller brought it up last week or a couple weeks ago, and I highly recommend taking a look at this movie called They Live. And in it, the hero looks at money through these glasses that can show him the truth, okay, in this science fiction allegory. And right on the bill, right on the bill that the other character is holding in his hands, it says... This is your God on the money. That's what's actually printed there. And everybody else using it doesn't see that. But when the, when the main character puts on these glasses, he sees the world of reality as it truly is to his eyes. He, he then is able to see it. A great allegorical film. And that is exactly exactly the thrall that people are held in by this system. And I'm just setting up this to talk about the occult aspects of money. We can get into how the banks work. We can get into all of the different frauds that they pull. We could talk about the Federal Reserve System and who owns it. And that's all very important. We have to understand how the financial system does indeed work. But I'm trying to get people to a deeper level of comprehension about the construct itself of money. 
when you look into the occult side of this, it becomes extremely interesting and things that you would not have ordinarily understood become manifest to the light of day. Understand that ultimately what the occultists, what the dark occultists want to do is to have you equate certain concepts with money. And the first is that it is the determining flow of energy in the world, meaning that it is the life force itself. It is the generator of life force. Now, I, I want to be very clear about what I'm saying here, okay? I don't go th this into depth in this in my presentation. I'm going to expand on this greatly on the air, okay? The occultists who ultimately own the financial systems of the world, who are wielding an illusion over people's minds, that's what this is. It's a mind control illusion to get people to act the way they want them to act. This is 100% behavioral control through a construct that only exists in the mind. These occultists, and they are occultists. I'm not telling you that that is my belief. I don't really care if you accept that. Accept it or do not accept it. I know that they are occultists. I know that they are occultists because I worked with some of them directly, myself. And I've talked briefly about how I was involved in systems of dark occultism, and I will get more into that in the future on this show. However, I'm laying that down as a truth that I know to exist, not a belief. Okay? The occultists that own and control the financial systems of this world, okay, the very first thing that they need you to believe is that money is life force energy. Now, they do this through many means, largely through symbolism, which I'm going to get into tonight. And to tell you the truth, I think what I may do, we'll see how this goes over the next... 15, 20 minutes or so. I don't know how much about the Fed I'm going to get into tonight. I don't know how much about how interest works and about how the Fed was created and about the families that own it and about you know how the fractional reserve currency system, fiat currency system works. We'll see. I would probably rather leave that for the show that's coming up in two weeks which I guess this is a good opportunity to tell you about. I'm going to be interviewing James Yeager in two weeks' time, September 28th, right here on this show. James Yeager is the documentary filmmaker that made the great documentary Fiat Empire. Fiat Empire. Fiat is spelled F-I-A-T. Fiat, it's a Latin word. It means so be it or let it be. And this, is, this also go, ties right into the concept I'm talking about right now because the word fiat is the first word that is attributed to the God of creation in the Bible. God 
in the story of Genesis, the Creator speaks the universe into existence with the words in Latin, fiat lux, let there be light. Fiat lux. Well, the word fiat means let there be. That is the kind of monetary system we have. One that is simply spoken into existence by those who have taken the place of God in this world. And they are the gods of this world with a small g. They think they're God, big G. They can think that all they want. It will never make it true. But essentially, by giving them our consent and our belief, and therefore our power to imbue something with consciousness and power and control over other people, we have essentially agreed and made them into gods, the money masters. And they call their system fiat currency. Let there be energy, currency, current. This is the energy that we say exists, and this is what runs the world. This is what the world runs on, our creation that was spoken from our lips. And because we say it's real, it's, it exists and it is real. Well, folks, only your belief is holding that up. Say whatever you want. Get as mad about that as you want. You want to know who keeps the world in slavery? It is not these occultists. It is not. It is not the occultists who own the monetary systems. Get over it. Get over it. It is not them. It is us. The end. The end. Our belief is what creates the slavery that's in the world. Period. Period. Get out of the belief that this nonsensical construction that does not exist in nature is real and the world will change. The external manifestation that we have collectively created will change. And not a moment before. Those barriers in the mind are broken down. Not one moment before. So my guest in two weeks, James Yeager, will talk about the creation of the Federal Reserve. We will get into energy itself as a construct. You know, how their, their and other energy is, is oil that they've created and that they claim to own the resources of this planet. And ultimately, that is really the ultimate currency because it's keep, it keeps the world in motion. See? It's all about motion. The, the dynamic energy of motion, the flow of things, these are all critically important terms and words to understand how they're used. Oil. It's something that lubricates. It keeps things flowing. We burn it for light. We burn it for fuel. 
This is the currency of the elite class, the so-called elite class, the controllers, the sorcerers, the occultists of the world, the mind control masters, the manipulators that essentially own the minds of the human populace because people don't want to think and don't want to have any discernment over what is actually real or not real. And they want to make excuses and they want to absolve themselves of personal responsibility. Always, always, that's what the, the cry is. Oh, oh, you couldn't live without money. No, you don't want to have to live in a way that you have 100% responsibility over your own actions. Therefore, you want to accept the creation of this utter garbage, nonsensical notion called money that somehow has any power or sway over your lives, your actions, your decisions, your behaviors. It's all about not wanting to think, folks. Let's be real honest about it. Let's be real honest about it. And stop blaming other people over, oh, they, they, they're the manipulators and woe is us. Bull, okay, bull. It takes compliance for this system to be perpetuated. And yeah, because so many people believe in it, unquestioningly, it's their religion. And again, the word religion is to hold back, to tie back, to thwart. It comes from the Latin religare, religo religare. And I'm tired of people who insist that this word comes from the Latin verb relegare. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't say religion. Do you? No, I, I didn't think you did. It's, the word is religion, and the etymology is not relego. Okay, this is what people want people to think. And secondly, that, that, that etymology doesn't even make as much sense. People want to think that it means... It comes from the verb lego legere, read, and where we get the word law from, the legal system. It is not. That is not where it comes from. It comes from the Latin verb to tie, ligeo legere, to bind, because it is occult binding. It is magical binding. That is what religion means. It comes from the, the verb religo religare, which means to tie by binding. It can also mean to hold back, meaning like a leash around one's neck, to hold back, like a yoke, like the reins of a horse ties the horse back or binds that animal or the yoke of an ox. That is where the word religion comes from. And it means to bind, to hold back. The word religo religare in Latin can also mean to thwart. When you are holding somebody back, you are trying to thwart what they are ultimately trying to accomplish or a goal that they are ultimately trying to reach. And that is what religion is. It is thwarting. It is binding. Okay? And the, the, the monetary system is the global religion, folks. People talk about the global religion coming in as part of the New World Order. Well, I have news for you. 
it's already in place, and it's been in place for thousands of years. The one world religion is the belief in money. And it's already here, and it's been here with us for a long, long time. Money is the religion that controls the world through mind control, and it has usurped the place of God because it is considered the energy through which the world is given the ability, the actual ability to exist. People think that without it, the world couldn't exist. People couldn't exist. I answered this person who said, you can't live without money. I said, could you explain to me how all of our ancient ancestors lived without the concept of money thousands of years before money was actually invented? Would you tell me how you got here if you can't live without money? People lived on this planet without money for tens of thousands of years and got by just fine. Money is not as ancient of a concept as you would think. It is thousands of years old, but it is nowhere near as long as human beings have existed on this planet. It is, however, the most unchallenged belief on the earth. And therefore, I call it the one and only religion. People believe in this a million times more strongly than they believe in their God. Ask any Muslim, ask any Christian, ask any Jew, ask any Buddhist for that matter. They all believe in money, folks. I wonder where, where all the priests are who say that they give their lives over to God when we're having a rally outside the Federal Reserve Building. Where, where are you at? You're, you're certainly not listening to this show or paying attention to anything that's real. If you were really trying to make some change happen in the world, you'd be out there helping us try to end a, a, an evil and corrupt institution like the Fed that's doing the work of the demon. It, it is basically doing the work of the entire demon consciousness that infects this place. Well, you won't see any religionists get involved in that because their 501c3 status might be in jeopardy then, folks. And then, then out, out goes you know, all the money coming into that donation plate tax-free. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Flow, energy, current. This is what they have set up money to be equated with in the human mind. And this is all ultimately the powers of the creator. It is the, the creator, whatever you happen to think of that force as, is the source of life. It is the one source from which we all have emerged. It is that which gives motion and flow and energy and life to the world. The makers, the masters of money who have invented this concept and injected it as the poison into the human consciousness as they have, have equated this notion with the very notion of the creator of the universe. 
and with life force energy itself. That's number one. We will also start to look at some of the symbols, the occult symbols that are used on money. And this is jumping the gun a little because I'll be talking about symbolism later on on future broadcasts. But it's important to look at some of the symbols that are on money and understand what they really mean. Because not only is money a religion, it is binding. That's what religion means. And money certainly binds the mind. This construct is essentially a use of talismanic magic. A talisman. T-A-L-I-S-M-A-N. Talisman. Is a magical construct. It is a symbol, often a series of symbols, that is imbued with power by carrying it and referring to it frequently while it is being carried. Now, that is exactly what you do with money. This is exactly what you do with the bills that you have in your wallet or your purse or your pocket. You carry them. In carrying them, see, there's motion involved. You take them from place to place with you. There is tons of occult symbolism on that talisman, that carried totem. It is a carried totem. That's what a talisman is. It becomes imbued with energy the more it is moved around or shuffled back and forth. And that's indeed what we do with money all day, every day. This is what get, this very notion of flow, of motion, gives money its power over people's minds. I know you may have a hard time accepting that notion, but that is how talismanic magic works. You don't need to believe that it works for it to work. The flow of it is as equally as important as what is printed on it and is as equally as important as getting people to accept it as a construct that is real that it actually exists in nature. We're past the top of the second hour. I want to give the call-in number again. I see we have a caller on the line. I'll get to you right right now, caller. Hold on. I'll be there in a moment. The call-in number for this show, 724-444-7444. Once again, the call-in number is 724-444-7444. The call ID number, 83515. Punch that in after you call in. The call ID number for what on earth is happening, 83515. All right, I'm going to break there briefly. We can get into more occult aspects of money in a moment. I see we have a caller on the line. Here we go. <coughs> caller, you are on what on earth is happening. Hi, Mark. It's Kevin once again, actually. Hey, Kev. How are you? Very good. I, I don't mean to be a pest and call so many times. I'm just really enjoying the show. And again, you're kind of right where I am in my head once again. Um, you were speaking on the talismans, and I remember perusing through Tessarian's work and seeing something about uh, the dollar symbol of the scourge. 
Kevin, I'm sorry. You, you, you broke up there for one minute. Just said you were talking about Michael Tassarion talking about talismanic uh, uh, emblems, and, and you cut out there briefly. So just pick up from there. The dollar sign is, yep. con- was a, is considered a scourge, it, it, or at least in his works he had mentioned one time that the dollar okay. sign was, a, was basically the symbol for the scourge. And it's, the scourge has always been a, a whip that you beat slaves with, essentially, or, or like even gash their skin open with to make them do your bidding. And that's yes, you pretty are, much you are debt slavery the, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, you are referring to the obverse sign, the obverse side of the Great Seal of the United States, which means the front side. The back side of the seal is the pyramid and all-seeing eye, but the obverse side or the front side is the um, eagle with the with the shield over its chest, holding the swords. Uh, I'm sorry, the uh, arrows in one talon and the uh, olive branch in the other talon, or uh, is it the holly branch in the other talon? I believe it's the olive branch, and um, this is uh, a symbol of essentially total power. It's a symbol that the wielder controls the power of war and peace. It controls the left and the right. It is the unifying force between uh, the flow of positive energy and negative energy. So this is uh, also a... um, uh, If we take back the symbol of the eagle, we go into bloodlines of ruling families throughout the Holy Roman Empire and then even beyond into uh, dynasties that were uh, pharaonic, ancient Roman Empire and ancient uh, Babylonian Empire. Uh, This is a symbol of the phoenix as well. Phoenix is something that perpetuates its own life. Whether it is destroyed, it always rises from the ashes of its own destruction. So this is a symbol of perpetuity or eternity concepts that are also associated with God. I have not heard this referred to as the scourge, but if that is what he's referring to it as, if he explains the symbolism in the same way, you know, I I think it would be valuable to look into uh, Michael Tessarion's interpretation of the the, uh, obverse side of the Great Seal. Uh, Actually, I believe it was just simply the initial dollar sign itself, like the actual, like it's a stick with then a, a, the, the kind of rope coming off of it, and that's the whip, essentially. So the, 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 the sign itself. The actual the, the dollar, dollar sign itself. Oh, uh, yeah. I see what you're saying. It's, it's, he had it's only good. mentioned it once, but I, I remember catching it, and I remember it sticking in my head. And because of partially because of that, I've I've been very right. um, twisted against money since hearing those words, since finding out that the dollar sign is essentially a whip. Uh, now, now, I, I've been very, I've become very against money, and I've looked into ways of getting out of the system altogether, so as to not have to deal with money in any way, shape, or form ever again. And the most direct route I have found personally has been Earthships. Okay. And they they are basically uh, sustainable homes made out of recycled materials with water catch systems, solar paneling, uh, all the basic necessities you could ever possibly need. And once you have something like that of your own, you no longer need money. You could just tend your home for like four or five hours a day, trade some fruit with some friends. Maybe if a currency of some sort does then 
climb out of that level? It, it we're, say, assuming we found some sort of balance where every human being on the planet could actually have one of these things. We would then have a much more communal aspect going on of then real free, fair trade amongst people, barter. We wouldn't need money anymore because we wouldn't need all your little you, you wouldn't need to pay a bill to someone to get water. You, you wouldn't any longer need to pay a bill to get electric, so on and so forth. You, your home is your own power plant and so on. Right. This is just something that I found. They, they had it in the movie Garbage Warrior, if anyone has seen it. That, I have that not. Would be the, I'll check it out. That, that was pretty much a, a really sweet way of going about things. And there's a place right outside, out of, right outside of Philadelphia called Silver Lake Nature Center, if you don't mind me giving a little plug. Sure. That is this this Wednesday at six thirty is going to be having a free informative seminar. You can just look it up at silverlakenaturecenter.org, and they are going to be actually building there at this uh, center, at this like uh, park center, a earthship on the land that they have there. I don't know exactly who's going to be living in it afterwards, so on and so forth, but. Uh, you can pretty much go free to try and help learn how to build this thing along the way as it's being built. And I, I'm going to, I personally find it that's going to be invaluable to take something in order to get my son, uh, since I have a six-year-old son, since I so desperately want to get out of the system myself, what I want also most of all is to make sure he never becomes said tax slave, debt slave, so on and so right. forth, is to have one of these things before I go so that I can leave this to him so he then no longer has to be a part of it. He, he can just literally be not a part of the system anymore as long as he can sure. find a way to, even if possible, sell the energy back to the grid in such a fashion that he makes enough money to pay his taxes, hopefully. I mean, I've heard of people doing that in Jersey uh, with uh, buying solar panels on their homes. That sounds really interesting. I definitely think people should look into this concept of uh, a sustainable way of living off-grid. Um, Earthships, definitely check yeah. it out. Um, I've seen some of the uh, posts post that you have done on Facebook on this concept, and it looks pretty interesting. It's just the idea of being able to get completely out of the system and no longer need money. Is just it, it just seems like an invaluable thing considering the crash that looks like we just barely prevented recently and still could very easily come with just one horrible Christmas season could literally tear half the planet apart because we're not buying enough stuff from China and that flow of energy and flow of money like they even mentioned in the movie Network. It, that ebb and flow has to be there or, or society won't exist. Heaven forbid we don't have money. Well, I, I think I figured out a way to like get out of needing money just about altogether and look it up yourself. Don't take my word on for on it. Uh, Earthship Biotexture, it, but it's earthship.com, um, earthship.org. Uh, I believe either one you can, you can get to to get information there. Great. Uh, Kev, I want to I briefly go back to your... Um, bringing up the dollar symbol itself, the yeah, S with the scourge. line through it. Yes. Yeah, now, it, yes, that's like a whip. Think about this. Two other concepts. It is also there's like also, yeah, a there's DNA also a flow, 
Yes, there's also like a flowing, like um, like a like what you'd imagine, like an oscillation of some sorts. If you look at the S, turn it sideways, oh, thing, and exactly, and then there's like this wait. bar right in the middle of it. And I'm wondering, maybe is is even sometimes the double bars inside of that some sort of prevention of the actual flow of energy? Is that part of the symbolism? That's a bit yeah, I'm wondering. It's, it's, it's simply a stylized way to do it. The, the, the archetypal symbol is simply the, sh- the single bar within the S curve through it. But think about all the things that that conjures. Like you said, it's like a whip, okay? Uh, moreover, it's simply a wave, okay? Yeah, a yeah. wave is what w- the whole construct of reality is made up of. We are waves of potential energy that are emitted from the void of pure potentiality. We are, there is a wave-particle duality. You know, the the actual matter is made of of light energy. I've heard the energy is literally braided together. Even even light, if it were to be able to actually be, like, properly seen, you'd notice that it was actually like a rope. It's not actually like... It's not these beams of light. It would be actually be some sort of rope is the way it was described one time. Let's also look at the symbol in terms of genetics. It is like the DNA spiral. Yeah. That is the way our DNA is wound in that S-shaped pattern. Okay, so this, is, this goes to the idea of the caduceus, the snake around the pole. Okay, yeah. serpentine energy. And again, the life force energy within the body is known as kundalini. So this is the serpentine energy that rises from the, the base of the spine up to the top of the head, from the base chakra to the crown chakra. This energy has to do with life force and enlightenment, etc. And that's what they're, it also moves in this S curve, a serpent curve. They call it the serpent energy. It is called Devi Kundalini, the, the, the Kundalini serpentine energy. So again, they're using this construct of the actual energy that flows through the body itself, the life force energy in the symbol of money. You, you can also look at it as being English letters. English letters, it says the word is, the very concept of existence, that something is right wow, there that's really, in the money. I never saw that before, but you're absolutely right. That's exactly what it looks like. It's like one letter is piled on top of the other. Right, right there in this in the pattern is the word is, and then if you take that to an, a, a you know another level, what you're really seeing is a name, I S I S. The word Isis is just formed of those two letters, and this is the goddess of <coughs> the sacred feminine energy that basically gives rise to everything that happens in the world. This is called in certain aspects of the occult most notably Freemasonry, which is derived from... Birth of use of sacred symbolism? Right. This is derived from ancient Egyptian symbology, which Freemasonry widely employs. And again, I, I am in no way saying that Freemasonry as a, uh, a system of study and a system of um, allegory and symbolism in and of itself, what it is attempting to convey is in any way negative or bad. I, I made that very clear when I was talking about Freemasonic symbolism in association with the 9-11 event when I was on the air with Bob Tuscan this past Saturday, and I want to continuously reiterate that. 
Traditions that I talk about that I mentioned having to do with certain forms of symbolism, in no way am I condemning them or saying that these are inherently bad systems of study. Okay? They may be co-opted in certain ways in the modern world, and that has been true essentially since they have been in existence. And sometimes in really disturbing ways, too, because like you, I remember you and I had a long time ago a conversation about how, uh, and I believe you've mentioned it actually on your, your show before, about how the two squares when laid on top of each other is a stop sign in the center right. of it. Yes. And I saw just in wandering around, I noticed other signs the same way. The sacred feminine is the symbol of the downward-facing triangle. So, yes. so that being on the yield sign... That's right. Sign. Like, that Absolutely. really messes with me when I noticed that. I was just like, wow, has our society become so subverted that we don't even notice these types of things? And I'm wondering, is that yield sign specifically on the sacred feminine to suggest then that women yield no, that, no, right, no. And, and become more slave-like and so on? It's, that really kind of disturbed that, me when I noticed that. The yield sign is the way that it is because they understand that that symbol is associated with, with the submissive side. And they're trying to elicit that reaction in the person who is driving and seeing it. Therefore, they're using the inverted triangle. They wouldn't use an upward-pointing triangle to depict the concept of yield because that is an active sign and says, you know, basically go or thrust uh, as, as the male side of the uh, male-female uh, duality. So, of course, they would use the inverted triangle for that. It, that's a, just uh, um, a, in a sense of that they understand what this symbology subconsciously invokes in the, the, the viewer. Whether the viewer is aware of that or not is irrelevant. This is exactly. doesn't it's make a difference persuasion to understand this, right? It's actually subliminal for persuasion in a fashion. I, I don't know exactly how else to call it. But see, in, in the Freemasonic uh, tradition, Isis, okay, it, it, the sacred fans, and this isn't just Freemasonic, this is Egyptian tradition. Again, some of this sim symbolism uh, makes its way into Freemasonry, okay? But uh, Isis, again, m the flow of money, the name ISIS, okay, in, in, in conjunction with the whole concept of the, the verb is. To be, it's a form of the verb to be, which connotes existence in and of itself. Okay, all that is is right, the wave form of energy. Okay, which gives rise to everything. You know, po the potential potentiality from the void gives rise to matter. So th this concept is all there in the symbol, and it it has to do with the sacred feminine energy. So th this is see, it's it's about money being that sacred feminine force ultimately that everybody really wants and 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 has lacking to a certain extent within their psyche and within their consciousness see when you come from the womb you come from your mother's water so again this is the concept of life force the water Okay, the water Which is why you have a birth certificate from Jordan Maxwell's speech as well. It's all about money being the highest law of the earth. This is maritime law, maritime, yeah. meaning marine. Okay, Mary associated yeah, with I just God. watched something with that, and I just watched something with with uh, Jordan Maxwell speaking about this in it, like the other day on a documentary of some sort. 
Yeah. And, and it, you know, this is about the flow of energy. And it's all tied in with the sacred feminine. That, that roots it deeper into the desires because ultimately we all have the desire for that sacred feminine force. We understand that that is the realm of true care. Okay? It is the heart energy. And again, this goes back, I wanted to link this to Freemasonry in this way. This sacred feminine force, or the heart energy, is called the generative principle in Freemasonry. And you have one of the big secrets of Freemasonry right there, folks. That G in the middle of the compasses and square in the symbol of Freemasonry, there are many people who will tell you many, many different things about what it means. And indeed, it does represent those things. It can represent God, goddess, gnosis. Um, it can represent uh, goodness. It can represent the gene, right? Okay, Genesis, okay, which is the act of creation. And think about it, gene and, and Isis is in the word Genesis, right? Right. Gene is also gene and Isis. Yeah. Okay, those two words right there, what we're talking about, genetics, DNA, the money symbol itself. I know we're getting really esoteric here and talking about symbolism, but this is these are all concepts that go into the subconscious mind when it comes to money, okay? And I like doing this better than talking about how the Fed creates money. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll let James do that in a couple of weeks, and he'll do a better job of it than even I, I would, okay? But I, I want to get into the occult aspects, the really deep aspects of this. See, that, that G in the middle of the compasses and square in Freemasonry ultimately represents the generative principle, that's, that's something that, that, that name for that concept, the G, in the middle of the compasses and square, is something that you're, you're only going to, that will only be revealed to a high-level Masonic initiate. And this is what the concept ultimately represents. That's what that G ultimately represents, the generative principle. And what that means is the creative force. But what the true creative force is has to be understood even when talking about the generative principle. Well, what is the generator? What is the generator that, that is indwelling within us? The sacred feminine force that is the generator of our experience. What it really ultimately is, is our care. What we care about what we care enough about to put our energy into, to do work to create, okay, is what we will manifest in our three-dimensional experience of the physical world that we live in. And that's why care, or the heart, okay, is the, the heart is the generator of the body. It's the pump that fuels the body with the life force energy that is contained in the blood, so it is the generator pump. A generator is a pump of energy, okay? The generative principle of care, of true care, what we ultimately care about and what we ultimately care enough about to, to put energy into, to create, is what we are ultimately going to end up with in our three-dimensional experience in the physical continuum in which we live. Therefore, that's the real secret of Freemasonry, is the generative principle, and it is care. And this is why I say, 
the world is the way it is for us because ultimately not enough people care about how this stuff really works. They don't care about what's going on in the world. Oh, and most of all, they don't care about what's going on within themselves to learn enough about the self. However, the dark occultists of this world, they have a form of care. Twisted though it may be, psychopathic though it may be, they care about what they are doing to such an extent that they are on the same page about it. And that's why the universe will give them a modicum of power and control over their reality because everybody else has essentially said, I don't care, and I've given up that power, and I'm handing that power over to you. And the universe is always going to acknowledge that and say, okay, well, that's how, that's how the energy is flowing. You're giving up your real generator, which is your care, and you're handing it over to people who, who care in a very dark way about what they're doing, but they care. In Godfather 3. not on top of that equation. In the movie Godfather 3, I believe um, that one main character was speaking about how all, the ships mu- all their ships must flow in the same direction. Right. And I think that was essentially like a, a speech that was being, uh, or a dialogue that ha- was had between like some really large power brokers in some sort of uh, real estate venture that was going on between uh, the church as well as uh, the money he was bringing from the mob. Yeah, I, and they're they're talking about this concept right there in their wor- choice of words, flow. You know, yes. I mean it. People are using this in, in ways they may not even understand. They may not even understand fully how it works. The makers of a movie like that, but they're getting the concept in, whether it be deliberately or whether it be synchromystically through the creative process. They're they're telling truths about how the world actually is in the creative process, and that happens in a lot of movies allegorically. So, yeah, I mean, look at how many concepts just got drudge up just by talking about the symbol of the dollar bill, the actual symbol of the dollar, the, the S with the line through it. Um, and it, it's, it's absolutely amazing when you think about it. So, Kev, I want to thank you for calling, and don't, don't feel like you can uh, call in too much. You can never call in too much. I like hearing from people who call in on a regular basis, and I like hearing from new callers as well. So uh, feel free to call in at any time, man. You always bring up great points and uh, stimulate a lot of food for thought. So I want to thank you for calling in, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Have a good one, Mark. No no problem, man. You take care. You take care. Truly. I mean, that's ultimately what this whole thing, and, and we'll flesh this out a little bit more through the symbolism of money, because that's what this whole thing is about. It's about getting you to care about their creation. And in doing so, you're imbuing it with energy. You're giving it life. You're giving it the life force energy. That's why the monetary system has so much power, because it is all energy that we have given it through our belief in it. And through our care, what do people care about more than anything else in the world? Most people in the world, the thing that they get up and they live and breathe for every day of their lives is to get out and make that dollar, get out and make that buck. Got to make money, got to make money. Can't live without it. Let's talk about a couple of things. Let's talk about 
I want to continue to talk about money in relationship to care itself, to the energy that is associated with care. I want to talk about the talisman that is money, that is the dollar bill. I want to talk about the name of money, just the word money itself. I want to talk about the name of the dollar bill. All of these things are connected with the occult, and few people have looked into this for one second of their lives. And many people will hear this and dismiss it. They'll say, oh, it can't be that. It's too simple. Too simple. I, I could, I, I, it's, it's impossible that I could not have seen that my entire life. Well, that's what the occult is, folks. It's things that you didn't see that were all there the whole time, right in broad daylight, right out in the open, hidden in plain sight. Because the consciousness wasn't high enough to see it while it was sitting right there. It's like a subliminal, like Kevin talked about. Subliminal advertisements. If you see subliminal messages in an ad, in, an ad, in a print ad, you may not have seen it initially. Somebody can show you an ad, oh, it's just a few people standing around. But then you look at it again or somebody points out some sexual innuendo in the ad and you're like, wow, yeah, I see that. They're trying to sell me this product through sexual innuendo. Then the next time you look at the ad, that's all you can see. You can't even see what they were trying to sell. You're not even focused on that. You're, you're looking at it and you're going, look at what they, they tried to sell me on. Sell me a product and say get, buying this product can you know, make your sex life better or whatever other nonsense they want to sell you in subliminal advertising. You know, th this will give you uh, youth and energy and virility and peace of mind and ultimate happiness. See, subliminals, once they're exposed, they become the major thing that you can see. You know, the, 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 the thing that was preventing you from seeing it is lifted, and then that is all you can see after, after that mind barricade, so to speak, after that veil is removed. So that's how s symbolism works. The dollar sign itself, the I-S, the word is, right there in the dollar sign. It is a wave function. Okay, It's a, a symbol of a wave, a sine wave, which has to do with light and energy and movement. It is the symbol of DNA, which has to do with life. And what our actual makeup is. All of these concepts they want to equate with money. Because this is a talisman. It is a magical construct that is imbued with power through your belief and through carrying it. And through moving it. Exchanging it and moving it. See, the whole concept, like we were talking about, some of the things that Jordan Maxwell talks about in his presentation on money and finance. This has to do with the water. The goddess of the waters was Isis. 
And Mott, in the upper Egyptian tradition, the goddess of the night sky, Nut, she was also referred to as, had many different names. It's the symbol of the pure potential energy, the void, the blackness of the night sky from which the stars or the suns emerge and shine. She's the goddess of water, the goddess of the moon, the goddess of night. The, the water is what is creating the energy or the flow. It is in constant motion. The land can be looked at as steadfast and unmoving, but the water is constantly flowing. And that's why this is the goddess of money. And that's why it's the goddess of the laws of money, lowercase l, that are made by man. Because they think that in making this system of money, they're the gods of this world, and that's their law, maritime law, named after Mary, another association with the goddess. And marine, meaning of the water. So, this sacred feminine energy is also, also has to do with the deep psychological embed of the concept of money. It's why it has such a powerful appeal. It is connected with birth. It is connected with the mother. Like, like Kev said, when you are born, you are given birth, meaning that's like when a dock, a ship is docked. It is called, a, it is at birth. It is in its birth. You have a birth certificate. The whole concept of money being tied to the sacred feminine or the divine mother, one of the most powerful connections between human beings is the, is the connection to the mother. Of course, everybody knows that intuitively and this is what they are equating money to they're saying this is the force which gave birth to you this is your mother you cannot live without it this is what imbues you with all of your energy and gives you form and gives you allows you to flow and move at all and without this there would be total stopping of all energy, of all flow, of all life. They want to associate it with the life force and with the generative principle, the principle of care. They want to sell money to you as love. Again, that which people really hunger for more than anything else and that is lacking in their lives more than anything else. So they want you to think that this can bring love. You know, the whole saying in the song, money can't buy me love. It's true. But they want you to think that it can, dark occultists, the money manipulators, the sorcerers of the world. This is their scheme. The color of money is associated with the concept of love. Now people will say, how is Money's different color in different areas of the world. I'm talking about the color of money right here in the United States. 
because this is the place that money has the most powerful sway on people's minds out of anywhere else in the world. Yes, it is a powerful force of mind control everywhere in the world, but nowhere is it at the level of control over the minds and hearts of people as it is in, right here in this country. And I would say bar none, bar none. Green, people will say, how does green associate with love? You think of a heart, you would think of red or pink or something like that. But that's, that's just the color of symbols as they are drawn, you know, by people drawing them in, in the modern world for, you know, cartoons and cards and things like that. And, of course, you know, that's the color of it actually within the body. And red is a, a color associated with, you know, Valentine's Day and, you know, flowers, etc. The true color that is associated with the love force, when we are talking about esoteric traditions and the occult, is green. So people will say, why is this the color associated with love and the love force, love energy. Let's look at this for a moment and we'll understand why they make money green. The whole visible spectrum of light, which we're talking about money as being a form of energy. Okay? So light is basically everything that exists. Everything is light condensed to a slower vibration. But the universe is essentially comprised of light energy. It's a wave-particle duality. It exists as a wave in its potential form, and then it becomes a point particle in its kinetic form. Light has pretty much an infinite spectrum. But to the human eye we are capable of perceiving with our antenna called the eye. The eye is a, is a receiving device, like an antenna on a radio, that can perceive certain wavelengths of light. Outside of the bandwidth that the eye is capable of perceiving, there's millions and upon millions, an infinite amount of other bandwidths of light, wavelengths of light. But the eye can only perceive a limited fraction of those bandwidths of light. We call them, we call that fraction of the weight of the totality of light which the eye can perceive, the visible spectrum of light. So the visible spectrum of light, we know the colors of the spectrum are red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. Okay? These, this color of the spectrum proceeds from the low wavelengths below which the eye cannot see. And we call that infrared. Infrared is everything below the lowest frequencies which the eye can pick up then when we start to be able to perceive that wavelength, that's red. That proceeds up all the way until you get to violet, and then beyond that, the eye cannot pick up 
and that's called the ultraviolet. So, if we look at these frequencies, we see that there are two basic hues on either side. We get the red frequency on the left side and the blue frequency on the right side if we lay out this frequency from low to high. And as I started briefly talking about on former shows, the red frequencies are largely associated with the left brain. The blue frequencies are perceived and taken in and have more of an effect upon the right brain. So whenever you want to have an effect on someone in a active sense, meaning you want them to do something, you want them to obey something, you want them to listen up, you want them to pay attention, the red frequencies will always work better. That's just how it works when it comes to the human brain. Okay, this is why they paint stop signs red. That's why there's a red light. That's why, you know, the, the danger uh, or disaster phone is red. You know, okay, the, the hotline, it's red. You know, I need, I'm, this is really super important. It's, a, you know, the whole symbolism of red is used. We look at um, poison labels. They'll often be red. Danger signs, red. Do not enter signs, red. Anything that is demanding attention immediately, pay attention, listen up, this could hurt you, you're going to see the red frequency. And everywhere, on every corner in every major city, stop signs, large octagonal red signs. This is because the left brain more closely associates with the concept of the physical world and the body. And you're going to use red when you want to invoke paying attention in the body now. The blue frequencies will always be used when you want to get an idea rooted into someone else's psyche or consciousness. When you want someone to listen to what you are talking about. When you want somebody to listen passively, to accept, in other words, it doesn't require action. It requires taking the concept or notion into themselves and making it a part of themselves. The blue frequencies will always be better suited to that. So this is associated with the right brain or the accepting or feminine, passive, nurturing, intuitive side of the brain which we talked about when we talked about brain physiology and the components of the brain on previous shows. So, the blue frequencies are always going to be better to get people hooked or reeled in. Okay? So, you'll see the blue light special. Okay? You will see blue frequencies used on news broadcasts all over the place. Just watch the nightly news. 11 o'clock nightly news in your town, and you'll see blue frequencies all over. Okay? Blue says accept, take this, trust this, it's true. Okay? Red says pay attention, listen up, danger. Now, these are two polarized concepts. One speaks to the left brain, one speaks to the right brain. Well, the balance, and these are, these are on the edges of the spectrum, the reds and the blues, okay? Cops use these colors, okay, because 
not only are they in a, in a state of imbalance, but they're responding to a state of imbalance. Okay? So this, these colors are used for the police. The boy is in blue. The blue lodge in Freemasonry. Right? Those you just want to listen and take into the system. They're low-level initiates, and they have to do more listening than talking. Okay? Blue lodge. Then you get to the Red Lodge, and people think that's the end of it. That's the top of it, because it goes to the 32nd degree, and it's not. There's a White Lodge beyond that. But not to get into that now, going back to the colors, this red and blue is played off against each other. They're the color of the political parties, okay? So red is for Republicans, and blue is for Democrats, right? They're the colors of the flag, along with white, Right? You have the red stripes in the blue field. On the flag of England, the flag of France, tons of other countries' flags, these, these colors are juxtaposed. This is because these are two of the three primary frequencies of light. The third primary frequency of light is green. This is right in the middle the dead center of the visible spectrum of light. This color represents the synthesis or coming together of these two opposing frequencies, and it represents the balance point. The balance point or the center or the midpoint is associated in different traditions, particularly Eastern traditions, with the heart. It is the center of the body. It is the fulcrum of the body. It is the midpoint of energy from the spine to the top of the head. The heart, again, is the, the generator of the body. It is the pump that pumps the life force energy through the body. The color of the heart chakra in Eastern traditions, the, the, um, uh, the heart chakra is... Um, is known as the Anahata Chakra. In the, uh, I believe the Vedic tradition names it that. So this, this middle point, this fulcrum or balance point of the body represents the generative principle. That's where care ultimately is derived, where it comes from. We feel the result of our actions within the center of the body, the heart, the Anahata Chakra, is green. It is a green flower. It pumps forth this green energy, this swirling green energy in this Eastern tradition as it is described. And that energy connects us with the universe around us and with nature. Nature provides the color green in the greatest abundance out of any other color. Green is the color of nature because nature is putting love energy into the cosmos and is providing us that which we need. And what are we doing with it? destroying it, digging it up, paving over it, 
burning it, etc. This all has to do with energy. Again, Tesla was trying to tell us, hook into the wheel work of nature. Don't use these barbaric methods for energy production and distribution. It's unnecessary. Nature is providing exactly what we need. We just need to listen to her. We need to get in touch with our center, the heart chakra, the generator within our vehicle, and get in touch with true care. All of these concepts are being exploited when it comes to money because the occultists that designed the money that we use are trying to get us in our minds to equate the notion of money, to equate their fantasy, their illusion of money with the concepts of balance, with the concepts of care, and with the concept of love. They want us to think that this is the life force energy that flows within us and gives us life. They want us to think that this is love energy, that this is, that this is nature's life force, and that this is all that we should care about. That's ultimately why they color the money green in the United States. As for other countries... They have other colors for money, but here they're trying to hit the consciousness of the people harder than anywhere else, and therefore they made it the color of balance and love, green, the color of the heart chakra, the color that nature provides in greatest abundance out of love. Let's just look at the word money itself which, of course, I, I have to get into in talking about any of the occult concepts of money. And if you think that coloring the money green is done for a simple concept, once you understand what green really represents, this one really should, um, you know, basically uh, put you in an uproar because it's so simple most people can't believe this when they hear it. I, I've heard all kinds of the gamut of reactions when you bring this notion up to people, what I'm about to tell you. Some people go, wow, I can't believe that. I never saw that my whole life. And, and I, I've said this word a, a billion times and had it said to me a billion times, and I've never noticed that. You get the amazed reaction. You get, whoa, wow. I, I never realized that too all the way down to, no way, impossible. That's impossible. Because people see how simple this is and how simple the occult works on the human consciousness, and they have to think to themselves, that's so simple, I, ha I would have been able to see it if that's how simple it was. You couldn't have fooled me for all these years. You couldn't have, couldn't have done that. But yes, it is that simple. It is this simple. That's how the occult works, through words and symbols. And they're associating those words and symbols with other things, associations. That's how mind control works. The word money 
is in and of itself one of the greatest forms of mind control ever perpetuated on the planet because the word money means one I. M-O-N is the prefix meaning one. Mono. One. And again, that's also a feminine word because it comes from the moon. M-O-N. Monday, the first day of the week, named after the moon goddess. In the Phoenician tradition, she was Min, the moon goddess. The minute hand is named after Min. Our hand is named after Horus, given to the sun. The minute hand is the next most important hand on the clock of time. Given to the moon, Min. Money, named after the moon goddess, because it's a feminine concept, money. You want to take it in like the energy that it is. And it flows like the goddess of the waters. Mon means one. One. And the second part is simply E-Y. Yes, it is pronounced phonetically E in the name Mun-E, but essentially those are the letters that make the word I, E-Y-E. Mon-I, one-I. And right on the one dollar bill, they place the symbol of the one-I. Now, we don't have time to go into this tonight. That'll be a show unto itself, the breakdown of the reverse of the Great Seal of the United States, the Pyramid and All-Seeing Eye, Anoequeptus Novus Ordo Seclorum, and those Latin phrases. When we get into symbolism, we'll do an extensive breakdown of that. But that symbol of the one eye represents the balance point within the brain. Bringing together the sacred masculine part of the brain, the left brain, logical, scientific, linear, verbal, etc., with the sacred feminine right brain hemisphere of nurturing, intuition, creativity, etc., bringing them together to open up the all-seeing eye within us, which is the pineal gland, at the level of the prefrontal neocortex, the frontal lobe of the brain. And of course, this is where the third eye is traditionally referred to in Eastern mystical traditions in between the other two eyes 
Well, that is what that one eye ultimately represents on the back of the dollar bill. And it represents getting in touch with the light of the creator. Only in becoming enlightened do we do that. And only through the balance of the left and right brain hemispheres do we reach that point of enlightenment and the awakening of the one eye. They know that this is what people desire above all else. We can only do that through care and through love. To get to that place of balance is a labor of love. And you did it because you cared enough to do it. You were motivated. You were driven. And the force that really drove you to do that was the truth. And there are many people in the world who are at that state of consciousness. But what the dominators and the control freaks of the world who own the monetary system are ultimately trying to get you to do is to identify their illusion of money with the all-seeing eye. And again, this is a concept of God, and it is the concept of awakening the God consciousness within through the opening of the one eye that exists within us, the pineal gland. So they are putting this symbol on the money, the one dollar bill, which we'll talk about the name bill. I've briefly mentioned it, but we'll get into that as well. That's the name of their God. Sounds funny, but they worship bill. It's the name of the dark God of the dark occultists of the world, the dark sun God. Bill, Bell, Baal, Bull. Satan is depicted as a bull. The God of this world, the only religion, is the one dollar bill. The biggest, uh, the, the most powerful secret society in the world of dark occultists is the Bilderberg Group. We want this illusory form of energy to pay our bills. We're giving it right back to their God. Not only is it, does it come from their God, it, it's, we want bills, energy, to pay bills. So it really goes nowhere. It just goes right back to them. But they're calling it the one eye. Deliberately. Moan eye. Money. Well, folks... Money is not the one eye. You're being given a proxy in place of the real thing. Open your real one eye, which is within. Okay, they're trying to give you this as a proxy, selling it to you, and most people are buying it wholesale. Okay? And they want you to believe that this is enlightenment, that this is love energy, that this is nature's energy, and that this is care. And, it's, and that it's balance. The green fulcrum, focal point of balance, which comes out of love. It's money is none of those things. Ultimately, it is all an illusion. It never has existed. It does not exist now. And it never will exist. Ladies and gentlemen, That's all for tonight. Thank you for listening. Next week, Neo, 
returns. Listen to show number 17 in the podcast section to hear his incredible story of trauma-based mind control. Next week, right here on What on Earth is Happening, Neo is back to talk about healing methods for this destructive form of mind control, trauma-based mind control. And then we'll pick up with the topic of money in two weeks' time when I have James Yeager on to talk about the Federal Reserve System. You've been listening to What on Earth is Happening, folks. I'm Mark Passio. I'll see you here next week. Thanks for listening, and good night.